0: Assignment. Come on, say that word with me. Assignment. That is the word of the day, assignment. Listen to Acts chapter two, verse 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So to give you just a little bit of background, the Apostle Paul was, uh, had told the elders of Ephesus, he had gathered them uh, and to, to share some things with them, and he knows now that he is headed towards Jerusalem. He told the uh, uh, the elders, I'm compelled by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is moving me and telling me I need to go to Jerusalem. And he's also telling me that suffering and jail is waiting for me in Jerusalem. And so even though suffering and jail is waiting for me, I'm not going to deter that, have that deter me from doing and finishing the work God's assigned me to do. And that work was originally assigned to him on the road to Damascus. Look at Acts chapter 22, verse 10. You see it on the screen. What shall I do, Lord? I ask. This is Saul. His name was Saul at that time. He was speaking to Jesus. Jesus said, get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been what? Assigned Assigned to do. Saul was on his way to Damascus with the intention that he was going to arrest the Christians and put them in prison uh, for preaching the gospel. And there on that road to Damascus, he encountered Jesus Christ, the Spirit of the Lord. And as he's communicating with the Lord, he asked the Lord, "Well, what do you want me to do? And as we just read, you say, you go into Damascus and you wait. There you're going to be told what you've been assigned to do. See, by definition, assign means to set apart for a specific purpose or simply to, to appoint. Paul was assigned by God to preach the good news. That was his assignment. And the only thing that mattered to Paul was doing and finishing that work. And notice he said, my life is worth nothing if I don't do the work and finish it. The work that's been assigned to me. In other words, listen, Paul ascribed and looked at his life and he recognized my worth, my value is connected to my assignment. If I'm not actively engaged in doing my assignment, my life has no worth, has no value. The only thing that mattered to Paul was doing and finishing his assignment. And he did not... Allow the suffering that was waiting for him, the jail that was waiting for him, he didn't allow that to deter him, to cause him to be derailed in doing and finishing his assignment. In simple terms, Paul lived his life on assignment. On assignment is the title of our message today. Come on, say that with me. On assignment. I want to talk to you today about living your life, living our life on assignment. I want to look to Mark's gospel, chapter 13, because I want to connect what, what happened with Paul's life to, to you and I here today. Uh, and first, let's begin by looking at Mark chapter 13. I'm going to begin reading in verse 32. This is Jesus now speaking to his disciples, his followers. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Come on, say that with me. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It is like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their what? Assigned task and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn if he comes suddenly do not let him find you what sleeping, sleeping. when he comes do not let him find you sleeping so jesus talking to his disciples His followers. He was talking about the day that he would return. So here's the connection. We are today the disciples of Jesus Christ. We are followers of Jesus Christ. We have embraced him as our Lord, as our Savior. Uh, We are called by his name. And so we are following him. We are living our life in obedience to his spirit and what he desires for us to do. And so notice that in teaching us now, he's telling us that there's going to be a time when he returns, this is the great hope of the church that one day, when uh, the day that you no one knows, no one knows the, the day, the hour, but that day will come when the trumpet will sound from heaven signaling the return of the Lord. And in that moment in the Bible says in the blink of an eye, everyone is going to be transformed, meaning the people of God. You and I will receive a new body. How many are looking forward to a new body? Oh yeah, oh yeah, come on, somebody. A new body, no pain, no arthritis, no bad back, no headaches. And so, in that moment, Jesus is going to gather his people and we're going to be with him forever and ever. That is the great hope of the church. But now, regarding that, Notice he said until that event happens right here, right now, while we are still on this earth, we've all been assigned tasks. Every child of God receives an assignment. I have my assignment. You have your assignment. We all have been assigned a, a, a task that God wants us to do For his honor and for his glory. And notice now, the the issue is, are we currently engaged in that task? Because what we don't want is when the Lord comes to find us sleeping. You see, sleeping isn't actually literally asleep, physically asleep. Sleeping in the Bible here, what Jesus is talking about is when we are now, uh, get to that point where we are no longer engaged in our assignment. We have fallen asleep spiritually. We are not actively engaged in fulfilling the assignment that God has given to us. That is the spiritual definition of sleep. So we need to keep watch. Why? Because it's so easy to fall asleep. It's so easy to get to that point where you decide, I'm gonna take a break. Where we stop doing the things that God has assigned for us to do. And all of a sudden, I don't know about you, how many naps? Let me see your hand if you if you take naps. Not too many. There's well, some of us. I very seldom do I take a nap, but there are times I do take a nap, but I have to make sure that I don't oversleep. Because when I take a nap and I go longer than I should, then I wake up and I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, groggy, I'm like dis- disoriented and all that kind of stuff. And I got to snap out of it. But if I take what we call a power nap, maybe 15, 20 minutes, then I wind up more refreshed. And I'm only saying that only because sometimes we take a break, but then that break turns into a really long nap. And we wake up, but we're so disoriented, we're still not actively engaged in what God desires for us to accomplish the exhortation from Jesus is you better keep watch. You better be alert. You better be actively engaged in doing your assignment. And like the Apostle Paul, we should never allow hardships to keep us from our assignment. I wonder If God told Pastor Joey, Pastor Joey, your new assignment begins May 1st, but it's going to be living hell for you. It's going to be difficult. Physically, emotionally, mentally, there are people going to hate you. Now, with Pastor Joey, still follow through on his assignment. You see, there are times that we operate on the premise of I only do the work I'm assigned if I get blessed, if it's beneficial to me, in other words. And the moment we don't believe it's beneficial to us, we're like, hey, I'm out. Um, That's not for me. I don't want to deal with that. I thank the Lord for the, uh, the, the challenge that is in God's word through Paul's life that he knew what was waiting for him. He knew it wasn't going to be easy, but he still had that holy determination. I am not going to let that derail me from keeping me from doing my assignment, from following it through and finishing it. May God find every single one of us alert, awake, actively engaged in the assignment that he's given to us every one of us should be living on assignment so the question you have to answer for yourself not your neighbor for yourself is are you living on assignment are you actively engaged in doing and finishing the work God has given you to do And even more so, do you structure your value around that? Here's what that simply means. Do you consider your life worth nothing unless you're actively doing what God wants you to do? Is is doing your assignment your number one priority in life? Great challenges, aren't they? But this is how Paul lived And this is in the God's word for you and I so that we can look at this and say, how does my life measure up to that? Now, I already talked about how living on assignment can become difficult for people and therefore why some people shy away from that or fall asleep to use our scripture. But there's another one that I want to focus in on more so today. And I want to use it by highlighting the life of a man most of us know about, and that's the life of Moses. I want to look at briefly how Moses responded to when God gave him an assignment. Exodus chapter 3. We're going to look at the first 12 verses. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jubasites. And now the cry of Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring out the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. So now, as we read, Moses sees this unique sight of a bush that's on fire, but it's not being consumed. It's not being burned up. He goes over, and it's nothing less than the manifestation of the presence of God. And God begins this conversation with Moses. And he tells Moses, I have seen the cry, the, 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 how my people have been mistreated by the Egyptians. I have heard their cries. And so I have come down to rescue them. At this point in time, Moses and his heart is probably saying, yeah, 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 praise God, Yo, oh, yeah, God. So now, go and deliver my people. Wait, wait, time out. You just said you come down and you were going to deliver the people. How did I get involved in this thing? And God said, I'm going to be with you. You see, Moses had this encounter with God the same encounter that Saul had with Jesus. And here's what I have discovered. All assignments begin with an encounter with God. And by that, I simply mean this, that an encounter with God is that moment when you clearly hear the Lord telling you what your assignment is. Where you can be in that place where you are sitting here like you're sitting now, and all of a sudden you hear the voice of God. You don't hear an audible voice like you're hearing my voice. You hear the inner voice of the Holy Spirit talking directly to you, telling you what your assignment is. Where all of a sudden, unexpectedly, you may feel God telling you, I want you to go and teach the children. God's word, teach them my word. And now you're wondering, is that, who's that brother behind me talking? And he, nobody there is talking. And now you're, you're realizing this was nothing less than the voice of God. Saints, I have discovered I don't have a problem understanding what my assignment is. You don't have a problem understanding what your assignment is. People get so confused. Oh, oh, I don't know what God wants me to do. Yes, you do. You know why? You know the voice of God. You know when God is talking to you. I have discovered the issue is not knowing what my assignment is. The issue is, do I want to do that? And I'm I'm quickly to that point where, and you are the same, where just like Moses, we can question the assignment. Now, Saul is different. When we saw Saul, Saul heard the voice of God and he immediately obeyed and did what God wanted him to do. But Moses, I think if I could say this humbly, we are all like Moses. Most of us in this room are like Moses in that when we hear God giving us the assignment, when you hear God saying, Carlos, I, I'm going to bring you into the ministry to be a pastor. When I heard the voice of God that day in a prayer meeting so many years ago, I responded the way Moses responded. I've discovered two questions that we love to bring before God when He gives us an assignment. Here's question number one Who am I? That's what Moses said to God Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Who am I? That question in verse 11 simply translates to this What are my qualifications that you would pick me? I never went to Bible school. I'm a former drug addict and a former drug dealer. Who am I that God should put me into the ministry? Who am I that God should one day decide to take me out of New York, the greatest city in the world, (laughs) and bring me to Chicago? Some of you are probably saying, yeah, who are you? (laughs) Pastor Joey can think the same thing. Who am I to be the next lead pastor? What are my qualifications? Who am I to teach children? I never taught children. I don't really even like kids. (laughs) Who am I to be on the worship team? I don't have the greatest voice. I never went to music school. Who am I? Who am I to serve as a deacon? Who am I to serve as an usher? Who am I? And you can follow along. Whenever God gives you an assignment, here's your assignment. I want you to befriend this person and I want you to help them in whatever they need. Who am I to do that, God? Here's your assignment. I want you to pray every single day for this person's health, that they would be healed. Who am I? I don't even pray well. I don't even pray regularly. Who am I? Number one question we like to ask God when we receive an assignment from God. This question has to do with how we see ourselves in light of God's assignment. You see? And most of the time, we don't see ourselves in a positive light, do we? No. We just look at that and say, I'm not qualified for that. You see. In fact, let's read, what did Moses tell God? Listen, chapter 4, verse 10. Listen to what he told God. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent. Neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant, I am slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what, what to say. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Moses heard his assignment that he is to go and speak to Pharaoh and communicate to Pharaoh, that he was to let the people of God go. And Moses looks at it and he takes his internal inventory and he decides, Wait a second, I am not good at speaking. Some translation literally says, I'm a stutterer. I, 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 can't do this, in other words. It's giving God excuses. Or we like to call them reasons why that assignment shouldn't be our assignment. I've shared this in the past, but some of you who are new may not have heard this. The pastor who married my wife and I 43 years ago was a stutterer. In fact, when he was not in the pulpit, he was a a real intense stutterer. I mean, I don't want to make fun or think I'm mimicking, but it took great difficulty for him to communicate and just get one sentence out. But the moment he would get in the pulpit, he wouldn't stutter once. It was the most amazing thing. Why? Because see, God's assignment to him was preach my word. And God said, I, didn't I make the mouth? I'll help you. So when he get in the pulpit, God would help him. And he would speak fluently without a stuttering. The moment his assignment was over, he got off the pulpit back to himself. Isn't that how God works with all of us? You see, we all think that we're not qualified for that. We love to give God reasons why that shouldn't be our assignment. Not only that, but we'll even go a step further. God, send somebody else what Moses told him. This great man of God, before he became a man of God, before he led the people of God, and was an instrument that God used to deliver the nation of Israel, before all of that, Moses had already come to a place where he decided, God, send someone else. I'd rather you somebody else, God. Anybody but me. We love to give God reasons, and we love to even suggest to God who should be there. God, that's a difficult task. I, I can't do that. Please send Pastor Jason instead. He's good at that. Yeah. And if he gets a few stones thrown at him, not the end of the world. He'll live. Who am I? See, this question really is rooted in Fear. Fear that we will not measure up to the assignment that God has given us. When God gives us an assignment, I want you to speak to that coworker, tell them the good news. Who am I to do that, God? Oh. Here's an assignment that God gives to every child of God, of His. Every one of us, that, that is part of our list of assignments to tell people the good news. But sadly, who am I usually overrules the day. That fear that we are not qualified to do that. That we will fail in doing the right thing or saying the right thing. And here's how we can overcome that. You have to recognize when it comes to assignments that God gives you, it's not about you. It's about the God who gave you the assignment. And God often will give you an assignment that to you, you don't seem qualified for. And that's so that you will always rely on him. So that you will always look to him and say, oh, God, I so desperately need your strength, your power, your help, your guidance. I want to do this thing. We were singing earlier, here I am, God. Here I am, you can have it all. You can use me. We can sing that, but it's another story when God says, okay, here's your assignment for today. And now all of a sudden the song fades into the background. Why? Because we're so busy looking at the assignment and then comparing ourselves and we're like, I can't, I I can't, I'm not qualified. Okay, God, who am I? May God help us to recognize that it's never about us. It's always about the God who assigns us. The same God who told Moses is speaking to you today. Listen. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Go do what I ask you to do. Go do what I assigned you to do. I will be with you. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. Amen. Second question that Moses posed before God. Chapter four, verse one. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me Or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you the first question was who am I the second question is a close cousin to it it's what if what if this has to do with the outcome of the assignment God you want me to speak to that person what if they reject it at the end what if they laugh at me? What if I sound stupid? What if, what if, what if we are often in this place where fear paralyzes from, uh, us from moving forward because we don't want to take a step until we see the outcome. Pastor Joey was talking about uh, the gazelle that it can jump 30 feet in the air, or is it how much in the air? 10 feet in the air and 30 feet across. Yet a gazelle can be imprisoned by a low fence so long as the gazelle can't see where it can land. If it can't see where it can land, it will never jump the fence, even though it has the ability to do so. Christians are like that. As Pastor Joey mentioned, when it comes to God's assignment, we want to see the final outcome before we will engage in that. I wanna know, God, if I go into this thing, am I gonna be accepted? Are people gonna respond the way they should respond? And I think Moses' question of what if was probably connected to what happened to him 40 years ago. You see, 40 years ago, he believed that he was the man that God had picked to deliver the children of Israel. And he wound up killing an Egyptian who who was mistreating a Jew. And then he saw two other Jews the next day fighting amongst themselves. And he tried to break that up. And one of them said, who are you to rule over us? Are you going to kill us the way you killed the Egyptian? And with that, Moses ran away. And he was there in the wilderness for 40 years. Impacted by the comment of one man. One man. And Moses was probably thinking, what if I get rejected again? It's been 40 years. Listen to me. There are going to be a times where other people will not see the assignment God's given you. In other words, they can't see you doing what God's telling you to do. And they will vocalize it which teaches us a couple of things. One, we need to be careful what we say to other people because what that one man said to Moses impacted his life for 40 years. But notice, in the end, God's assignment still prevailed, and I thank God for that. But think about how one word, one wrong, negative word, telling somebody, you can't do that. Yes. Who are you to think that you could do that? How he can derail someone's faith for 40 years. Secondly, what people say to us if we are are not careful can negatively influence us to start believing what they're saying rather than what God has declared. And here Moses uh, got into that what if scenario, wondering how is this going to happen and what if they reject me and what if Pharaoh doesn't listen and what if and what if. And sometimes, like Moses, we allow past failures to impede our current assignment. We look at the times that things didn't work out in the past, and it paralyzes us from being active now. Because the root of that question is also fear. It's a fear, which, by the way, fear is simply a failure to believe and to trust in the Lord. That's what fear is. The failure to believe and trust in the Lord. And if we allow it, fear will keep us from living on assignment. It will paralyze us because of the who am I or the what if questions. Luke chapter 6, verse 68. Uh, Pastor Jason, if you would come back up, worship team. Listen, what the scripture says Praise the Lord the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And lastly, 1 John 4, 18. But perfect love drives out fear. That perfect love is none less than God himself. The word of the Lord for us today is assignment. Every one of us has assignments. That which God desires for us to do. Sometimes they are new every day. Every day that God gives us breath, there might be a fresh and new assignment. And then there are the ongoing assignments if you will. I've been assigned to be a husband, to be a son, to be a pastor. You've been assigned, some of you, to be parents. Some of you, to be children. That assignment needs to get worked out every single day in a way that honors God. Then there's the assignments of ministry. Some ministries are are general in the sense that today God may give you an assignment of calling somebody, of going to visit somebody, of spending time in prayer for somebody. Then there's the assignment of ministry where God may assign you and tell you, I want you to sign up and work with children. I want you to sign up and be an usher or whatever it might be because God has an assignment for every one of us. And it doesn't matter your age because sometimes when you get to be my age, your assignment becomes help the next generation. Talk to them. Encourage them. Be a spiritual parent to someone that's young in the Lord and help them. I am here before you today because when I was young, and heard that voice of the assignment that God would bring in my life, my first question was, who am I? And I thank God that I went to someone that I respect greatly in the Lord. And the first thing out of his mouth he said, I already knew that. I saw that God was going to bring you into the ministry. Even then, I struggled believing it even now, there are times when I look back at my life, my mom is here today. She can tell you, she bore, she bore me. This is a blessed woman. She bore me. Come on, somebody. I was not the perfect son and still am not. There are many things along my path that are humanistic reasons to disqualify me. But yet God in His Word teaches us I choose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Because it's never about you or me. It's always about Him. Come on, stand with me.